0: Welcome, everyone, to the Nurses Podcast, episode 114. Man, episode 114, it's, it's, it's been such a long time. It has been super fun. We did a bunch of episodes, like, on the road, and I was thinking to back at it, not to get off topic right off the bat, but now, like, when I said 114, like, we've been podcasting and travel nursing for a minute. And we started, like, podcasting and travel nursing
1: in Oakland a few years ago.
0: And we made, like, a... On the Go podcast.
1: And if you watch like the episodes 40s, that's what it's there. It's We're like in the second story and it's like a hood neighborhood in the back where we're just podcasting. There's stuff going on in the back. Like there's cars, there's people walking, riding their bikes. It was really cool to capture. Yeah,
0: like the progression of events of like our environment behind us that we, that we recorded. It started in your room, right? In your
1: condo. And, and it was it, super tight. We could even barely walk through. Small little chairs, table from Ikea that we yeah. built. My dad had to put like weld something together so it could be raised to six inches just so we could fit.
0: Right. And then we the whole green screen we had over Matt's wall. And then after that, our next stop was basically Oakland, right? And that was like two different environments. We tried one with the green screen where we tried to make a makeshift green screen over a window. Didn't work out very well. And then we just decided to drop that idea and concept and just use the the window as just like the, the backdrop or whatever. And that was always, a lifesaver. Yeah, and that was just like stuff going on in the back as you saw as like the sun came down. The streets got, you know, more filled with people. And it was always interesting to, to, to like see our background because you have like a live background and there's people doing stuff, moving around, construction, how it's being how it's being remodeled. So it was always interesting to take a look at what's going on. But it's super active. And then we went back to your place, and then we we came here to
1: California. The progression. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening and messing around with us for as long as you guys did. For the real OGs that saw those videos. So today we're going to talk about the gross parts in nursing. We all have stories as nurses and the nastiest stories. And this is going to be regarding vomit, poop, blood, genitalia areas, just all together mixed up in this episode. I think it's not PG-13. It's like rated R. So if you're listening and there's kids in the background, I don't think this is the episode to be aired and played right now. Did you Save for it gross? for later. Yeah, G for gross. What's the first one? The first one
0: is one that I've probably had the longest struggle with. When I became, like, from a from nursing school to a new grad nurse to actual nursing is respiratory secretions were always the worst. I still hate them. Yeah, like, it took me a while to get over those. Like, at one point, I would have rather dealt with poop than respiratory secretions. Now I totally flip. Now I don't mind them anymore. But in the beginning, it was just so gross to me. And it was so hard for me to always suck at somebody's trach because that sound and that, that like especially if it was like an opaque in color or it was like frothy and nasty, like I, I that was really hard for me to take in.
1: Likewise, trachea, sputum, worst parts. And recently, most uh, most recent shift, I had a patient that wasn't intubated, had a lot of secretions, mm. so they put the nasal trumpet in. So I was deep suctioning them through that nare. I was suctioning him through the right nare, which had already a Dubhoff in. And then I was suctioning him orally to stimulate him so he could freaking not get intubated. And there was so much stuff coming out out of all those orifices. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. When it comes to labor, poop is worse, right? You have to flip the patients and sometimes they poop again. But respiratory secretions are by far the nastiest. I just can't look at them. My mouth is just feeling sour just thinking about it right now. And sometimes it has that nasty smell. Mm -hmm. Like this guy specifically had E. coli. I had a paparana, and you still just, ugh. damn, that's super nice. That's like the one thing that was really hard for me in like peds clinical,
0: with with children, not infants, but children, because majority of their issues and complications are with the lungs. So it's majority of my clinical was like suctioning, help with intubating and extubating, and just all respiratory. That's why I, that's why peds clinical was, was was so hard for me. Not because it was the kids, it's because respiratory me and respiratory didn't get along.
1: He didn't settle well. Yeah, for me, my first patient care that I had in the real hospital as a clinical was a patient with a trach. And I was in the room alone, went to go do my assessment. I don't want to wait for the nurse. And I close the door and she starts coughing, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they do that trach sound. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> this lady's sweet. eyes like open up like wide open. And really? I'm just like, holy shit, I froze as a Baby nurse, I don't know mm-hmm. what to do, so I would run back and I even assess the patient. I go get the nurse. So I know what to do, and oh. say so we had to like deep suction, and mm-hmm. it was such a trip. Maybe that's why I'm I find you know respiratory secretions so nasty. Yeah, not a good time. Not a good time, and it and it's crazy
0: because <clears throat> the thing with suctioning is it's great, but over suctioning can be a lot worse. So I know. At the prior hospital, there was an issue because the suction was always on full blast. Yeah, we talked about and it. And you could not engage it. Yeah, we talked about it a few episodes ago. So you could engage on how much suction is, is, is going, you know, into the wall. So people would would jam, especially with people that are intubated. Mm-hmm. They they would deep suction and they would go fully in, and hit the suction on full blast and then pull out. So they would hit an area in, in like the trachea or one of the you know bronchials or whatever, and it would damage it. And then plus it was suctioning it out. So they're literally pulling pulling tissue each time. And
1: then people were wondering, like, why is why is it bleeding going on? And respiratory knew about it. We mm. couldn't do anything. The doctors sometimes knew about it. I told the physicians. And I just don't know why these, this hospital never invested into it. Especially yeah. during COVID, when they were fragile, there was so much tracheal bleeds. yeah. And we were the causes of it. Because just like you mentioned, you're supposed to suction, I believe, like 60 to 80 milligrams of mercury. We're on full blast, like 200 plus. Just right. like going through it and the next part is like oral oral care has to do with the same thing like respiratory Mm -hmm. secretions nasty especially the people that are like alcoholics neglect themselves nursing home patients sometimes have mouths that like have food that Mm -hmm. are neglected and you're just trying to like go through their mouth and it's just not coming out sometimes it's sometimes it's in their teeth and there's like chunks you could just literally pick with something
0: yeah somebody's like this can get real bad when someone's not getting proper oral care, there's been times where I've put, took out pieces of like dry gunk kind of leftover food or, or built up or something. And it's literally like an, almost an outlining of a person's, you know, side of their mouth. It's that big of a piece. Yeah, and it's, just, it's just like, you know, like three inches. It's like, what the hell? And you can see the indents of where it was on her teeth.
1: And it's like, holy shell how has that not been cleaned for? Yeah, it's mostly neglected. Mm-hmm. I wish we do an episode about talking about pneumonia and that's the reason why we do oral yeah. care. But there's a lot of like mouth care that has to do with the way our floor is behaving. I know our buddy here that we live with, he has like the tooth depressor that he scrapes. Mm -hmm. I wonder what are the health benefits with those.
0: Yeah. Like if I know it gets busy, but you should at least do oral care at least once a shift. Just do it at least once.
1: For your non-intubated patients. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean for intubated patients, some people don't even do it all shift, you know.
1: I've noticed that too in you a lot know? of hospitals. It, say, it gets busy and gets yeah, neglected.
0: I would say just don't matter what your patient is, just oral care. It wants to shift. Straight
1: business. That's that easy. Just devote it. I know it's supposed to do more often than that, but try at least get that one. And also do it do it like after you give your patients applesauce and all that. I find that nasty when you're like looking for a pill. And you tell your uh, patient to open up, ah, mm-hmm. and then you open up, there's a bunch of old food just sitting in there. Mm-hmm. It's a nasty ass mouth. Just clean it up, ladies right. and gentlemen. Oral care after you give your patients meds is mm-hmm. out of big. Yeah. And then the next one on the list is going to be vomit.
0: Man, vomit, dude, it's always interesting because when a patient's about to vomit, there's two outcomes. One, you're going to get the, the bad basin time and I got to vomit in the basin, or two, patients are going to vomit all over themselves and you got to clean them up. Yes. And it's it's like a fifty fifty almost each time. If there's no basin in the room, you're like forty five percent chance you're gonna come back in time.
1: It's funny. This is not a nursing story, but I actually had Peter's vomit all over my hands when oh, you're yeah. in the ER in Arizona, mm-hmm. just trying to hold this damn bag. I don't know what it was—a garbage can I brought and just went all over my hand. Yeah, yeah, I could have trying to it, catch dude. it.
0: Dude, that was crazy, man. I remember that. I went on my shoes, and that's when that's when they realized the shit was serious, you know. And, I, and it took me in. But besides the fact, vomit. It's gonna come in all textures, all smells, all sizes, all colors. Yeah, and coffee. You always taught us the coffee ground emesis. When someone has a GI bleed and they're vomiting coffee ground emesis, you know, that's significant of a GI
1: bleed. And and this has to do with like NG stuff too. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're pulling stuff out of the NGs, and it's bile. It's greenish. It's darkish. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a lot of that. It's nasty when it goes on your gloves. Sometimes. Uh, nurses try to use ng tubes and they try to like wrap it into like a glove mm-hmm. and it leaks all over the the bed that's the worst aside from like cleaning up you sometimes feel guilty when you don't want to change a bed because you're rushing and right. there's like a little bit of not vomit but maybe like a little poop smear on a sheet mm-hmm. you're just like should i change it? Or should i not you try to take like alcohol wipe and clean it mm mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, when it comes to vomit, it's so nasty when it leaks on the side of the bed, and then you have to clean the bed yes. rails and everything, grab a bleach. I'm trying, yeah. Or if it's Those like, if it's just
0: like, uh, like your OG connected to LIS, like low-infant suction, and you're just pulling out the gastric contents, and it's like brown, or it's just like bio-looking, and there's so much of it, and it keeps going. Or when they have upper GI bleed, that blood just pools there, and it sits there, and it gets pulled out. Like seeing an upper GI bleed like happen while you're. There was a patient that I had. That was GI bleeding, and I was basically pulling out his GI bleeding from the suction. That's how much it was GI bleeding. So you
1: were just suctioning
0: it? You're stopped, you're no, su- like it was connected to the suction. Like L-I-S, "Luminary suction. Oh. Yeah, but it just kept, it was bleeding continuously. He just kept, wow, he kept pulling yeah. it. That's disgusting. I was know. It's like blood, Franky. We were blood. pulling out blood, giving him blood, and before we had to do surgical intervention, man. Like, dude, it was, it was wild. We would literally, it's like he was continuously bleeding and pulling that blood
1: out. While giving him blood at the same time. And Spe- stop Speaking of blood, trachs, I had this one case when I was back in Chicago that th- there was like this young 30-year-old that had to get a trach because he was so anxious mm-hmm. and he was etoh and all that. No way. Just because of that? And he, I think he accidentally pulled this trach or he caused a bleed. Mm-hmm. So we had to have a stat ENT surgeon come in and we we're literally holding his like... Uh, we had like sandbags, not sandbags, saline bags trying to pressure the wound. So there was a nurse that had to hold that. And when you undid oh, the he had, thing,
0: you get esophageal varices?
1: Dude, not, yeah. not even esophageal varicy, no. but he was bleeding somewhere on his trach, and the ENT doctor had to cauterize oh, his vein. It was just bleeding out of the trach like a little stream. It was probably was an artery of some sort. Yes. Damn. That was that's it, intense. I know. And that blood was just all over. The wildest thing is also, speaking of blood, Was he swallowing the blood? There was a COVID, um, I'm sure. I just forgot the whole story. It was so many years ago. Damn. There there was a time that an ECMO nurse, or not an ECMO nurse, an ECMO perfusionist Mm. was in a hospital trying to switch the connectors, and the blood just shot out on her while she was disconnecting, connecting it. Mm. Something happened with the clamps, or the clamp failed. It wasn't on properly. So imagine having a bunch of COVID blood all over her. Damn. Yeah, that's, that's gross. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thinking of random stories. It's, yeah. yeah. And going into vomiting, like elderly genitalia, that's <laughs> that's that's another wild one. This first story that I think of is that nun, I was trying to put a Foley catheter oh, and She had like Bless cancer. that nun's, bless nun's soul. Yes, man, RIP. Like she had like just vulva like cancer everywhere. Like I yeah. said, I was just trying to put a Foley in and there was like three of us in that room and she was screaming, oh man. And there's... There's so much nasty genital. I hate when, like, the, I have to say it, the poop mix is in there, too, and yeah. you have to, like, clean. That's, <clears throat> It's, so, like, the grossest thing probably
0: ever in a hospital is getting that patient that has not been taken care of properly, not washed properly. And there's, like, stuff growing there almost, you know, it's, like, white, it's, like, nasty, it smells horrible. And, like, you could tell that no one's cleaned this person in such a long time,
1: have- especially if they have like, contractors and stuff especially also when they're homeless. Yeah. So thinking of nasty, gross stories, I thought that respiratory secretions are the nastiest, but now I thought about it. You know what's nasty? Having a homeless patient's wound filled with maggots. And then imagine pouring like hydrogen peroxide on this wound. And then these these little damn things are moving around you've had that before yeah oh man and the patient also had scabies oh man so you're in there you're in there like in full i still have that photo i was completely like this is pre-covid like gowned up with like the freaking the booties the Mm. little heel protectors on top of the the blue gown for precautions that's nasty. nasty and id had to go see her yeah that's that's as nasty as it gets, seeing yeah. live things, literally eating a, a person's body because they're so neglected. So when you put on the 100 do those little maggots die? They're supposed to. But they don't and they, die, right? They also use this kind of treatment. Well, this wasn't for the, the maggots, oh. but this was – there, there's a special drug that you give for that too. But also you cream them down for the scabby cream. I forgot oh, what shit. it's called. Yeah. Just so it kills everything on the skin. Damn.
0: That's crazy. That's probably – yeah, It's probably – Nasty that I've ever heard. I would top for the story, but I can't at the moment.
1: No, it's okay. You know? <laughs> we're just sharing stories. <laughs> That's nasty
0: that. story. That's nasty.
1: Yeah, and then speaking of genitalia, because we're nurses, especially in the ICU, when we get these patients at admissions, this is the first thing that we do. We have to assess every little orifice, everything about your skin. So we literally just strip you naked, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. so funny because we see so much. Naked people all the damn yeah. time. The elderly, because we 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 deal with geriatrics, and it's yeah, it's just so funny because they always just freak out at once. So you always always have to tell them, okay, for the next like five ten minutes, there's going to be a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a few nurses in. We're going to put a bunch of leads on you. Blood pressure cuff. We'll do assessment. We're going to turn you. We're going to put a foam on your butt. Just get ready. Mm-hmm. And it just happens, and it's yeah, it's always interesting when you have
0: that patient that's like almost with it, or even fully with it, come to the ICU. Because there's times where you're just going through the motions and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even explain to this patient what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So basically, strip these people naked sometimes without explaining to what we're going to be doing and why. So imagine how, how shook they're going to be. Yeah, it's a culture like, like, shock. It's ha- like, what the hell's happening? But it's so natural to us, so normal to us because what we do. Like, we want to see what we're working with
1: everywhere. All the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's also, if, you, if there's not nurses listening... It's also the hospital's accountability to make sure that patient didn't come with wounds because mm-hmm. if there's a wound that's not documented because we, we didn't do a four-eyes assessment, and the hospital's going to get dinged. And they have to pay for that wound. Let's just say it has to get de- have a de- uh, debridement. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the hospital cost. So it's really important for nurses to always check wounds and everything else, especially DTIs, nursing homes. They leave them with stuff on. Yeah, And, you know, speaking of genitalia, just overall, just the whole body, and that's going to go into, like, wounds. There's so many different kinds of wounds, and it's so nasty seeing them, one of which was during COVID, the most recent type of wounds. We call it COVID but And these patients, of course, were always on ECMO or CRT, they're just laying there, and their own pressure wounds built up. But so, something with COVID made these the skin just peel off. And those just large areas like their whole ass sacrum down to even the thighs that just skin skin just slid off yeah. and they're just leaking and we try to do wet to dries and zero form and you couldn't put a wound vac in sometimes or you got chewed up somehow yeah and then also in this hospital speaking of covid uh, there was a rectal there was a rectal tube that was inserted and which caused the mtp massive transfusion protocol so physicians, ICU physicians were scared to use rectal tubes on patients. So we had this COVID, but on top of patients just shitting diarrhea, mm-hmm. and th- then you're trying to wipe this wound that has poop all over it. You're trying to spray something and mm-hmm. clean it, and it's not going to heal because there's poop from your gut microbe that's just yeah. infected with tr- healing tissue. It's so damn disgusting. Yeah. And it's just something we had to deal with as nurses during that time. It's so
0: nasty. And what they don't understand is with these rectal tubes or flexes, these things are going to happen ever so often. It's not something that you could have prevented. Like She, like, she probably popped a hemorrhoid or something, like a really, really bad one. Yeah, artery. Yeah. Yep. And that nothing she could have done would have prevented it. Right. So, why is it like almost being punished f- for it? Right. Cause you, you're, you, the unit probably could have prevented a lot of those, those COVID butts by having a cleaner environment.
1: Could have. Or also, COVID just did that where just yeah. the skin wasn't getting oxygenated because they're already hypoxic. The skin was dying and it was just sliding off, man. Yeah, and true. COVID butt was a thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then these people were like leaking nonstop. So, it's like you clean them up, half an hour later. Same things. it leaks. Like, there's no rect. There's no rectal tone. Nothing's there. It's just, yeah. just like, like like a water slide.
1: And then you know, aside from COVID, but these mm. patients, we had to like anticoagulate them because. They're... I wonder if they
0: could have done a a temporary ostomy. They could have, you know, to read the But, but for they're they're
1: too unstable. Like these True. COVID these COVID patients True. were too unstable. Or wasn't a thing during COVID mm. time. So colostomies and surgical procedures were like. <laughs> the least of these worries, like yeah. everything was happening just in these rooms. Right. And what I was mentioning is these COVID patients. Speaking of orifices, they were they were anticoagulated with heparin or Angiomax, and they were just bleeding all the time. We couldn't control it. The worst was when they're bleeding out of their mouth because they're intubated. Their lips would crack, and they're just like profusely leaking out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. We had, we had towels underneath their necks. We used to stuff their mouth with dressing, and it was just just coming out. That was nat- that. was inhu- inhumane to see. Yeah. It was just a one-gen experiment because nobody knew what to do.
0: But we had to keep you alive. So we, we had, had to, to try every measure possible.
1: It's either you bleed like you did or you had a clot and then you you coded and we couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, benefits versus risks. We had to do something. We were definitely in the experimental phase of
0: all that. Physicians do not know what to do. Look how clearly the protocol has changed.
1: It was like every week there was something different, something new. Yeah, speaking of that, it it was wild how you had patients on vapotherm and they had to get downgraded or just like, hey, let's aggressively wean them because we have to get this patient out. We have to make room. It is what it is.
0: Or we have one bipap left. And let's use it properly.
1: And then the doctor's like, Well, there's gonna be a lot more harder decisions we have to make. Mm -hmm. So let's just it is what it is. Like, wow, this guy just really, really set that's what set the mood. I'm just like, this almost feels like war. Mm -hmm. Or it's It's like casualties. Yeah, or it's like we have two events
0: down in ER and we have two more here in ICU that's all we got it's like the whole hospital hospital's like shit like yeah four vents left covid was a crazy experience yeah and you gotta have two in the yard that's
1: crazy man so speaking of wounds also like tunneling mm-hmm. tunneling on these wounds when they're just these wounds are larger than we think and you just like look you have to like pack them something to, sometimes you take the q-tips and you pack them around and you try to like get as much in there because that promotes healing mm-hmm. that's nasty Especially the smell. These masks that we wear don't really protect us from the scents. No, no way. I and mean, I don't want to even say scent. It's the smell. Yeah. And, and the reason
0: why why we pack these wounds is because you are, you want to promote wound healing from the outsides going towards the inside. Because if you don't promote the wound healing, you're going to get like abscesses. It's not going to heal properly. You're going to get infections. So that's why we we pack these wounds and tunneling. That's why it's important to do these. Don't just ignore it. You actually got to try and pack it fully because. You're not going to promote proper wound healing. And then if one nurse is doing it properly, the other one's not doing it properly, guess what? You're pulling off good, good tissue when you're changing that kind of dressing. Yeah. That's why it's, I, I, I brought that up because I see that a lot. I see that sometimes I take out some some packing and it's just like I use double or triple what the that nurse used. I'm just like, how does this happen? You know?
1: Yeah, you have to pack it properly. Mm-hmm. And then when they go down for these wound de- debridements, these wounds are a lot larger than, and they bleed a lot more because you have to... Get rid of the tissue that's already necrotic and scarred and can't heal. You strip that away so fresh skin can re- replicate it and heal. Mm-hmm. Those wounds are bigger. I remember packing patients like, it was like half a butt, literally half a butt cheek down to the thigh. We're just like doing this packing. This was in Hinsdale. And these, ner- these nursing home patients were heavy. Mm-hmm. They had one of like the the crazier LTACs from around the area, always vented, shrank, just came in for these woundy treatments and just like sepsis because of that. Yeah. Nasty. And it's crazy how they stay alive. Was there a family that came to see the, to see the patient? was sometimes. And the family's there in the room and they feel bad. But I don't think they ever maybe took like a look around and see how bad that wound is. Yeah, probably not. And, and I wonder, there's nothing... I understand you're trying to promote somebody's life in, in the Western culture, but it blows my mind how we don't understand that, yes, this person is alive and that's great but the amount of suffering that these patients go through. And we had an episode, we talked about how hospice care gets delayed. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it just causes more pain and suffering for not only the patient, but also the family. And And it's like we still do it with improper education.
0: And it's, are they even alive? If you have a patient that's non-responsive, non-verbal, post-massive stroke or post-massive MI, or debilitated through disease, and they can communicate and they're not getting any kind of response but they're living like are they actually like anything going on in their mind cuz we could think and all that but how are they in their mind is there anything there yeah. and that's that's why it makes it difficult because we don't know and we don't know really know how to we don't really know how to find out either
1: those that's why nursing is mm. not black and white that's the dilemma. what's interesting man yeah the last one we're going to talk about is poop Mm. so as you know poop is nasty i still prefer it over respiratory secretions and that's the code browns mm. and it's funny how when you usually get patients in the icu and wherever you admit them every single time you turn them that's when they tend to poop a couple of days ago had a patient admitted turned her one way started pooping had you know hold the chuck cleaned it up flipped you on the other side clean chuck boom goes again and that's the poop phenomenon that happens all the time. It's like these patients just get stirred up and you start mm-hmm. shitting, especially when they get admitted. And
0: I'm glad you brought that up because now it has me thinking, what if there's a study out there that shows how turning patients acute Q2 hours promotes like fecal excretion? Right? Yeah. It seems legit because I feel the same way. There's been a, ha- a handful of times where I turn a patient, like a patient has a pooped in, in a while or trying to poop and I turn them
1: and it comes out. Yeah. That's all you had to do. My, my theory is is something with peristalsis, yeah. when you're turning the patient, they get scared. They think they might fall. So they're like, oh, shit. And literally, oh, shit. And then they tend to poop because they go, they go into fight or flight and they have this crazy neurological response. Mm. Maybe sense. maybe you stimulate some kind of senses and then you just go. That's mm-hmm. my theory. That's a pretty good theory. It seems legit, man. That's... Hey, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. And also, like I remember when I was younger beginning nurse i had a guy that didn't want to use a bedpan because it hurt his body mm-hmm. he didn't want to get up because he had one bka mm-hmm. and he was too lazy to, to use the bedside commode even yeah. with his like you know the prosthetic mm-hmm. so he wanted me to just turn him on the side and he could just shit no way. so i grabbed the towel the small little towels and i held my hand <laughs> by his ass and he shit in my hand <laughs> oh my god i know Holy yeah, shit. sometimes nursing scars you literally. Oh my God. When I was younger, and I had this, you know, it was less than six months as a nurse. I'm like, what did I get myself into? That's what was going on in my hand. Yo, low key going on my head. I should say, wow, I'm doing that. I'm sorry, but if, if I would have had that patient, I would be like,
0: no, I'm not going to turn you on your side. You're going to either go on a bedpan or we're going to get you up into this this commode. So, nah, man. so,
1: so that's why I want That's why I was a beginning nurse. And, and I don't know how to set boundaries with my patients, yeah. so these these patients could step
0: over you. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, you're probably like, I'm never doing that again.
1: I've I've learned the hard way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Poop is yeah, even if they have a flexi or rectal tube, like, that stuff still smells. Like, yeah, it goes into a to a bag and stuff, but you have to empty that bag. It's nasty. Or, or people that have ostomies, that's still rough.
1: Ostomies still disgust yeah. me as well,
0: especially the ones that like just. Like, the dry steam doesn't want to fit properly, or bags want to fit properly for whatever reason. Maybe it's like a, a normal, abnormal area, or they have some normal body features where the bones are a little bit different than normal and their tissues are a little different different areas where you can't just clip it on properly or stick it on properly and it's always leaking.
1: That's the worst too, man. Yeah, and when you empty those bags, that's nasty. Mm-hmm. Rectal tubes, I had a couple days ago, I had a patient that had a fecal management system in and PT. And OT got him up because they had to move him around. He's been in the ICU for 10 days. He's in his 40s. He needs to get up. Mm-hmm. As soon as he gets up with that fecal bag, it just starts leaking. And he starts like leaking diarrhea. And he had C. diff too, by the way. Excuse me. And this it just smells. It's all over the floor. It's on yeah. his socks. Um, remember the last day when I was in... Um, in the previous contract in Cali. Mm-hmm. I had that patient, I was ETOH, she kept getting out of bed, and he kept she kept shitting herself. Yeah, yeah. She shit three t- three times <laughs> on the ground. And I remember she was also positive for TB. Yeah, so you had to wear the whole pepper. So I had to wear a pepper, and all you see is nurses like through the window, just looking at me, <laughs> like you good? You good with the thumbs up sign? Like, yeah, I'm good. And I'm surprised she didn't fall that night. <laughs> she was so out of it. That's so funny. That's imagine, imagine guys walking through a
0: room with like a regular size window. And you see Matt standing there. Next to Matt, you see a patient. Or you see Matt with a pepper, first of all, with the whole thing in it, with a whole box in his so pocket. You so see, you
1: see my face, like, yeah. just not happy. Sweaty,
0: red, because he's been there for a minute. And then you have a lady standing on a towel, standing up and shading her and shading herself. And you see the shit dropping with Matt standing over there. And I don't know what the hell is going on. And he's yeah. like, I'm
1: good. And that patient I had to clean the whole bed multiple times. Sometimes they went on the chair. The third time, she actually... Squatted down on the... And then she shit on the floor for me. <laughs> At least she shit on the floor. It's usually to clean up. and then not go over the body. But it's like, then you get this patient back in bed. You got to wash her feet. It's just, it just poop everywhere, man. You got to use the bleach wipes because the floor smells. And that's the real part of nursing that the patients you might get. And you're tra- a your travel nurse. Let's just add that into the pot mm-hmm. where more than likely you're going to have these patients. Yeah, And that's why I remember that guy. He got upset. Yes. He's like, why do I get the travel nursing assignment? Yeah. It is what it is, bro.
0: Yeah. That's funny when that guy said that. Because the first thing I, I thought, because then he brought up, like, the money that, he, that we get. He said. Yeah, he know, was being an asshole yeah, to us. It, it, they get paid the the big bucks, so they should be dealing with this kind of stuff. He said something like that. I mean, we didn't say anything. He's going to be rude. But, I mean, he, he could be a travel nurse just like anybody yeah. else. I, I swallowed really my pride at that yeah. time. I was like, I'm not, you know, it's a nice place to work at. I'm not going to start the problems. I'm going
1: to do my job. And. Move along. Yeah. Let's wrap this one up. Mm -hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed these bedside stories of the nastiest and grossest parts of nursing when it comes to vomit, poop, blood, feces, all parts of the areas Mm -hmm. or the body's wounds, you name it. Nursing has it all. It's fun. As as Matt always says, thank you for your
0: time. Give us the like. Give us the stars on Spotify. Give us a rating. If you really enjoy content, check us out on YouTube. Got some cool stuff on every platform.